You're listening to Opening the Tent, Stories of Jewish Belonging, an original podcast produced by the NYU Brockman Center for Jewish Student Life. Our guest today is Jordana Meyer, a senior at NYU studying creative writing. She spoke with us about an early friendship that taught her a powerful lesson in finding common ground. Um, Because I was in Jewish day school until I was 12 and I went to Zionist summer camp um, and grew up with a parent who had grown up in Israel, um, although I knew that that wasn't the norm, it never occurred to me that it was um, in any way unusual. Like, it's difficult to say because I never had any really good non-Jewish friends until I was 12. And when I did, the first friend I made is was a Palestinian girl from East Jerusalem. So my first foray outside of the conservative Jewish world of the bubble of Washington, D.C. was straight into the heart of something that I wasn't prepared for um, politically. In a lot of ways, we had a lot more similarities than a lot of the regular, you know, waspy kids that I went into public school with. I, we ate similar foods at home and we had similar practices of prayer um, and similar linguistic. There were a lot of words that overlapped that we used in our homes that were both Arabic and Hebrew. Um, and we could talk about common places in Jerusalem. So in a way, it was actually more familiar and more comfortable for me than stepping right into the heart of a pretty conservative white town my introduction to this world of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, aside from having traveled to Israel many times in my childhood and having been there during the Second Intifada and um, having family there and army and everything, my personal first foray into it was through the lens of friendship and not something else. So I think that has really heavily influenced the way I've navigated it up to this point. Jordana reflected on her experience coming to college and seeking out an Israel-centered community. When I was picking NYU, I did look into its previous BDS activity, and that was, because it had lain somewhat low, um, that was a factor in my coming here. Um, And then getting involved with Realize Israel, which was an absolute blessing. You know, I found a community that had grown up similar to the way I did, similar in belief and in values, but in very different places in the world, speaking different languages, with different political beliefs, different levels of practice. And the fact that there was one thing that held us all together so closely and that has held us together for four years, I think is really beautiful and speaks to this transcendence of belief and value that is more than these identifiers that you know we put on SATs and, and college application. It's more than where we're from and, and what language we speak and you know what our interests are academically. It's it's a common history and it's something that we can't run from and we understand that. Um, last semester, a friend of mine, Mara, who's also on the executive board of Realize Israel, she and I sat down with Linda Sarsour, um, who's been accused many times of anti-Semitism and definitely of anti-Zionism. And she's also one of the leaders or was one of the leaders of the Women's March and was also doing amazing progressive things. And our decision to sit down with her came from a place of common humanity and of affirming each other's belief that what we were each doing was right, even though it didn't always line up. The backlash from that was so ugly. I had been used to hate mail from people who hated Israel. I had I was not used to hate mail from people who 
I thought would support me because we came from similar backgrounds. I was told I was a traitor to Zionism. I was told I was duped. I was told I was stupid and naive about the conflict. And on the one hand, it really hurt to be attacked by my own community. But on the other hand, there's something affirming in the, the fact that what I was doing was so irritating to both like far left and far right that you know the best compromises leave nobody happy. Um, so I think I was pushed a little bit out of the tent at that point, but it forced me to reconsider the tent and enter it with some type of confidence and um, knowledge. I mean, I think there's kind of two ways to answer the question of what I wish people understood better about my Jewish identity. One is, of course, the way that it's inextricably entwined with my Zionism. Um, they are one and the same for me. I think the, the line that I come from, my family, is, is, you know, has always been Zionist. But the idea that we're a diasporic people that has cherished and held this idea of Israel in the hardest times... Um, that now to see it realized is so deeply entrenched in the idea of Jewish yearning and the idea of Jewish longing. I mean, you can't separate those two things. If you take out the sense of yearning and longing for Jerusalem, there goes half our liturgy, right? You know, to separate those things is to divide something and make, it's to make a really unnatural division, I think. Um, so I wish people understood that about my identity, that if one goes, the other goes. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by the Beehive Story Collective at the NYU Bronfman Center. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for new episodes every Monday.